Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. Come on, give me some noise for Beatrice. I know I said it last week, but it feels the same this week. Uh, it's awesome to have her back. Uh, so, so awesome. Uh, but how's everyone doing? Everyone enjoying the nice, chilly weather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God for it. Uh, we exaggerate in El Paso. We go from like nasty hot, a little bit of cold, and wearing a jacket already, you know, like gonna, gonna, gonna love it. But hey, we're so glad that you're joining us today at Somos Church. Can you look to your neighbor and tell them, I am so glad that you are here with me. If it's your spouse, you better say it. So glad that you are here with us. Uh, if this is your very first time here, uh, we welcome you. We're so glad you're here. But even if it's not your first time here, I want to encourage every single one of us because uh, this is church, right? This is community in our heart at Somos is that we would truly connect as a church family, as a community. So can I encourage you today after service, don't run out like if the building was on fire, like no one is going to do anything to you, like... Just talk to someone, build a community and a friendship, get to know someone, ask them about their favorite food place or their favorite Starbucks drink, like Beatrice said. But hey, we have been on, on this really cool series uh, called Cancel Fear, question mark, cancel fear. Uh, should we cancel fear? That's what we've been talking about uh, over the past couple of weeks. And to be honest, I have personally loved this series because it's making me confront some fears, uh, some that I knew I had, some that are really internal, and I'm kind of like discovering them. Uh, so it's been really, really cool. If you have missed any of uh, the past couple of weeks, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel uh, or now podcasts. You can find us on every single platform and catch up because I truly believe that when we realize what fear is biblically, when we figure out what fear is on a psychological level, when we figure out uh, there's a good kind of fear, there's a bad kind of fear, there are fears that we need to cancel, there's fears that we need to learn from, uh, we truly grow into a whole other level. Uh, the first week we talk about how do we feed our fears, what kind of fears uh, do we have and how do we feed them. Uh, we talked about feeding our faith instead of our fears. Uh, uh, second week, we talk about that there's a good kind of fear. Someone say there's a good kind. There's a good kind of fear. Yes, there is. And that is the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. And we kind of dove right into that and learned what is, uh, is it that God teaches about that and the benefits of the fear of God. And that's a fear that we all should have and should grow into. Uh, you know, that's the kind of fear. I don't want to preach it again, but for real, like the fear of God is the kind of fear that will help you succeed in life. The fear of God is the kind of fear that will protect you that would guard you is the kind of fear that's going to put some boundaries in your life. It's a fear that just God's, God really uses to give you wisdom and knowledge. Again, I'm not preaching it again, but, but you have to have the fear of God. And, and this week, I'm super excited because I am talking about uh, the most common fear that the majority of people have. 
The most common fear, as I've been studying and reading, this is the most kind uh, of fear that we all, in some way, shape, or form, we struggle in, in different areas of our life. And, and again, it's so common that we're going to take this week and next week to unwrap that. So next couple weeks, uh, next couple weeks, uh, we're talking about this, and it's going to be real, real good. But some research uh, shows that the fear we're talking about today. 60% of Americans struggle with this fear in some way, shape, or form. 60%, that means a whole lot of you, a whole lot of us. We struggle with this kind of fear. You know, this fear is, is something that we all experience continuously and constantly. Uh, and it's not a, only of a right now thing that we fear. Uh, it's something that maybe we've had since we were kids growing up. You know, this fear uh, that we're talking about today is a kind of fear that at a root level, at a root level, uh, we all experience in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it's the kind of fear that when you send a text and you don't hear anything back, kind of like comes in. You know, it's a, it's a kind of fear when, when you're just there meditating in your house at work and you're like, Man, no one texts me. No one called me today to check up on me. How am I doing? It, it, it's a fear that you feel it out of nowhere in moments like that. It's a fear that you feel when you're surrounded by people and then out of nowhere it just kind of hits you. Uh, it's the kind of fear that, that you feel when, when you don't get the job that you really wanted. The kind of fear that you get when you don't get the promotion that you were really hoping for. It's what you feel when a client turns you down, when you see people that you love going to another company instead of yours. It's what you feel when someone backstabs you, someone betrays you. It's the kind of fear that just internally cripples up when you are in a new environment. With a group of new people, you, you just kind of feel this thing. It happens with new people. It happens with people that, that you've known for a while. This, this fear just happens in the middle of a circumstance. Something triggers it or just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, you can feel alone. You can feel really lonely. It, 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 it's this fear that comes and, and, and it's a fear of rejection. It's a fear of abandonment. Come on, it's a beautiful Sunday, right? <laughs> I believe that as we dive into these fears and we explore them and get some godly perspective from them, we really grow in our lives. You know, the fear of abandonment and the fear of rejection, they're some of the most common fears that, that we experience. And they're super connected. And the interesting thing about these fears is that they're so connected to people. Again, they're so connected to people. They're connected to things that happen to you in your upbringing throughout your life, or it's something that happens right now with someone around you. It's so connected to people. Uh, it's also important to mention that th these fears, they're so rooted. They're so rooted in us. They're... they're almost a habit. They're on automatic. You don't even recognize them. They just come out of nowhere in different moments, different situations. They're so rooted. 
another thing that's interesting about the fear of rejection and abandonment is that it doesn't matter the magnitude of the situation that you're facing. It doesn't matter if it's something really big that you feel abandoned or rejected or if it's something small. The pain and the fear feels the same way. They feel the same way. You, can't, you could have experiences when, when, when a parent walked away when you were a kid. Or you can experience it as a kid when your sibling got a toy that you really wanted. The, the pain of abandonment and rejection feels the same no matter the magnitude of the event. It doesn't matter uh, if it happened when someone broke up with you out of nowhere or if your crush just didn't say hi to you, you know? The pain feels the same. It happens when your spouse seems to not care at all about you and he neglects you or you feel neglected. Or it can happen if he just forgot the groceries. It happens, whatever happens, the pain feels the same way. The emotion, the, the fear, the consequences of this fear, it feels the same. So, for the next two weeks, uh, we're talking about that fear. Come on, can someone say, yeah, we're talking about that fear. We're talking about that fear that, ah, that comes and hurts and it shapes a whole lot of what we do and how we do it, uh, even at a subconscious level. So as we explore these fears, my prayer is, is that we can get some godly perspective in how to deal and how to heal with these Fears, the, to, for us to explore the emotional history, to, to explore the past of where, where are these fears coming from, and, and in Jesus' name, we will be healed and grow. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. So Proverbs 4, 23, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I love this verse because uh, we have an incredible God. We have a God that's loving, that's faithful. We have a God that's sovereign. And this God said, hey, it is your job to guard your heart. God's not saying, hey, I'm going to guard your heart. It, It puts so much responsibility on us. God's just like, hey, it is your job. Guard your heart above all else because that is where life comes from. That determines the course of your life. So no matter what you have been through, what you're going through, what circumstances are weighing heavy on your shoulders, guess whose responsibility is to guard your heart? Not your spouse, not your friends, not your church. At a capacity, not even God. God's like, hey, it is your job to guard your heart. It is your job to guard your heart. And in fact, we do that. We do that in a healthy way. We guard our hearts, right? We put certain boundaries. You know, we see a red flag with someone. We, we're seeing in social media all those red flags, right? You see some red flags and you're like, no, you know? Uh, you, you, you put some boundaries with certain people, certain things that don't sit right with you. You're like, nah, you've been there. You know, not going to go down that path again. But then there's this other thing that we do in guarding our hearts. Because we experience the fear of abandonment or rejection. Some of us, man, we put some walls Oh, like 
thick, big walls. And we don't even recognize it, that it is us trying to protect our hearts. And there is a healthy way to do that. But there's also a really unhealthy way in guarding our hearts because of some of the pain that we all have experienced at some point in our lives, we go into this survival mode thing. We have experienced betrayal, we have experienced hardships, and we're like never again and out of survival mode, we put some boundaries and we guard our hearts. Now, what we need to recognize, and it's so interesting, right, because we learned a couple of weeks ago that fear is this natural thing that we have as, as a survival method. Like God designed us psychologically that whenever we have fear, our heart rate increases. Like there's something that happens in our system, and that is we go into survival mode. There's a fear, there's a danger that's right in front of me, right? Like, how are we going to fight this? How are we going to grow from this? How are we going to survive this thing? And again, there's a healthy way to deal with that, but then there's also this really unhealthy way that we deal with fear, that we deal with pain, we deal in guarding our hearts, and we develop a defense mechanism. We develop some defense mechanisms in us, and especially when it comes to feeling abandoned or rejected. And I'm not talking only about what you feel when someone doesn't text you back. I'm talking about why do you feel that when someone doesn't text you back? And you can always track that down in your emotional history, what you have been through. You can track that, that down into a point that was extremely excruciating for you. And out of that point, you've always felt alone, abandoned, or rejected in so many different situations in our lives. You know, God, God designed us, God created us to do life with people. That is God's design for, for us to be a community, for us to not only have my one or two best friends forever and ever matching tattoos and the whole thing. God created us to have big circles, to have big, uh, big community in our lives for, all, for, for us to always put ourselves out there and say, I'm going to do life with people. You know, some people get stuck, well, like, Jesus had 12 disciples, and out of those 12 disciples, he only had three. And if you read the Bible, he had more than 12 disciples. He had 72 disciples. And that's not counting all the people that he influenced and all the people that he was doing live with. And he would go to random people's houses, you know. And Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed by all of those people. But that didn't cause Jesus to say, hey, no, 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 boundaries, you know, like been hurt, you know, like been there, done that. Uh, you know, I see, see you, Judas, you're all about money, man, like, uh, you know, like, I, I see, like, all, all of Jesus' disciples literally abandoned him, except for one. All of them. And that didn't stop Jesus to open himself up completely and say, hey, let's do life. This is who I am being vulnerable. God created us to do life with people, but because we've been hurt time after time after time again, we create this survival mode defense mechanism walls. And instead of guarding our hearts 
in a healthy way, we're actually hurting our hearts. We're actually hurting ourselves because we start to isolate ourselves from the people that love us or want to love us, from the people that are going to create some tension and some friction and some conflict that is going to push us forward into growing. Some of us, we only want to surround ourselves with people that say yes all the time. With those friends that are like, I'm with you, ride or die, if you're doing good or you're doing bad, I'm with you. I want some friends that if I'm doing something wrong, man, they're like, dude, like, stop. <laughs> like, don't text that person. But some of us, we just, we think it, right? You have those friends that you think, man, you're messed up. You're going to go downhill like that. You think it all the time. But are you really a friend when you don't say that? And why don't we say the things? We're scared of conflict. We're scared of friction and tension when community and friendships, they have that. And there's a good way to have those, right? There's a healthy way to have conflict and those frictions and tensions. But some of us, again, we have put so many walls that there's no room for that. Not only with family, but with no one. So what happens when, if, uh, you know, we have three kids, what happens if I would say yes to everything my kids ask for? What would happen if, when my six-year-old comes and is like, I want candy for breakfast, you know? And I'm like, no. Sorry, yes. She has candy, right? And then a snack comes around, hey, I want ice cream. And I would be like, okay, yes. Hey, Lunchtime, I want candy again, you know? Yes. Then dinner, yes, yes. I want to go this. I want to do that. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. It would create some crazy chaos in a day, in a second, in hours. But some of us, we surround ourselves with people that are only, yeah, <laughs> Go and smash yourself in there, you know, like, go and just crash and burn. We don't like when someone says no, because that no triggers rejection. That no triggers abandonment. That no triggers so many things in us that are so real and vivid. You know, Jeremiah 8, uh, verses 4 through 5 says, when people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? Then why, this is God speaking here, then why do these people stay on their self-destructive path? Why do people refuse to turn back? Have you ever thought about, like, why am I so self-destructive? <laughs> you know, like, I know that's going to go bad. Why do I go towards that? Why do I have this just self-destructive path? God's even wondering. These are questions that God is asking, like, why do people don't turn back if they know that's wrong? Why do we go into these cycles of rejection and abandonment instead of saying, okay, what do I need to heal? If I have been abandoned and rejected, and a text triggers that. Why do I just keep down the same path? Why do we do that to ourselves, 
You know, we're, we're, we're hurt by these things. So instead of carrying these things, let's find healing. What do I need to change so that I don't struggle with these fears any longer? We, we, we need to recognize that these fears, they don't only hurt us, which they do. They do hurt us. They isolate us to having true and genuine connections and relationships. And some of you single people, maybe that's why you're single, because you have some walls, right? And I don't judge you. Have some walls, some healthy ones, though. You know, don't just text anyone. <laughs> have some healthy walls, right? But again, some of us, we put so many walls that we don't even know how to deal with them, and we remain single and hurt. And even if you're married, you can feel alone in a marriage, in a relationship, with friendships. Why? Because we put walls. We need to learn that those walls don't only hurt us, but they hurt the people around you. They hurt your kids, your children, your spouses. They hurt us. They hurt us. They distract you in life, they distract you into living the life that God has designed for you and for me. They distract you. It, it leads you to excuses in so many areas of our lives. You know, one thing that I want to encourage us today, right, is whenever we feel those fears rise up, whenever you feel internally, again, it's, it's not always like in your face uh, kind of thing. Sometimes it's really internal. You have to dig. Why am I feeling this? But, but what I want to encourage is whenever you feel that rising, see it as a cue to go. See those fears as a cue. Like the same way we have red light, green light, right? Like when you see a red light, you stop. When you see a green light, you go, right? Like they're cues for us to function Normally, hopefully all of us, right? Uh, the trick part is when you see that yellow light, do we stop? Do we go? I don't know. We all go, to be honest, you know? And that's what we do with our fears. We see that yellow light, and it's like, do I go? Do I stop? Like, what do I do with this fear? What do I do with this abandonment? What do I do with this rejection? Some of us, we go into, like, I need everyone in my life, and, and you're, like, super needy, right? Like, because you feel abandoned, right? But at a certain point, you put some walls. Uh, some of you, like, I'm not going to put myself out there because I've been so rejected and so abandoned and so hurt by that. What do, we go, what do we do? Do we go or do we stop? It's a yellow light. What I want for us to look at these fears is a cue to go. To go where? Thank you so much for asking. To go into, into, okay, why am I feeling this? We naturally start to react. Someone turns their back, they leave, hang up, whatever the case may be. And, and some of, we just go, we react to the situation. We just let the pain and fear dictate our decisions, our reactions, our emotions. What I want to encourage you, when you feel that triggered in whatever situation, actively choose to dive deep and learn from those painful moments that you feel. And I want to be practical today because I believe this can truly help you. It has helped me in so many different situations in my life. But when you feel rejected, when you feel abandoned, when all of those things rise up, in your life, when you feel alone or lonely, literally look at that and say, why am I feeling this? Validate your feelings and emotions, because some of us, we feel something and we're like, no, I'm pushing forward, this is not going to stop me. Validate it for a second. 
What, why am I feeling this? Why am I feeling like this for a text? Why am I feeling this when I post something and no one likes it? Why do I feel so triggered if I work so hard at that TikTok, at that reel, and I have no validation? God, where are you? You have abandoned me. You know, like, why is this triggering me so much? Why? Well, it sucks. I work really hard. Why? Invalidate why is it making you feel that way. But then once you see that thing, you need to go a little step further. What, what was it really that made you feel that? When your boss said no to this project idea, what was it really? What was it really that, that you felt? Okay, you have the immediate feeling, you validated, but then go deeper. What was it really made, what, what really made me feel that? What activated that emotion? That emotion, that feeling, that fear, what does it make you believe? Does it make you believe that no one cares? Does it make you believe that you're alone? Does it make you believe that that's the way you're going to be till the day you die? What do those activators make you believe? What do they make you believe about yourself? What do they make you think that other people believe? And as you're exploring those things, like, go deep and go deeper. When was it that I felt that way for the very first time? I know I'm feeling that right now with a project. But when was the first time I ever felt that? Or when was the last time that I felt that in a big way? When was it? Well, that ex some years ago. Well, that other boss. Well, that situation I faced. And go deeper. And why? And when? And, and what I have found is that eight out of ten times, you land really way back in your childhood. You land at that moment when mom said something, did something. You land at that point where a sibling, a family member, you land at that point of a bully in school. And when you go that back and you start facing those things, those real fears of abandonment, that's the moment when you're crying, you're like, man, this comes from my dad being gone? This comes from that time my parents went on a vacation and then they take me? That Christmas that I wanted this? Whatever it might be, it's different for everyone. But once you land at that point and, and the pain almost becomes alive again, that is the moment that you say, God, what do I do with this pain? What do I do with this pain of feeling abandoned and rejected because I was a victim to that God. 
I had no say-so in that God. What do I do with these real hurts and pain? That's the moment that you question God. You say, God, where were you? I felt so abandoned. I felt so rejected. And you say that you're a faithful God, a present God. I didn't see you there. I didn't see you there when I got fired. I didn't see you there when life was unfair to me. Where were you, God? Where were you when parents walked away, when I was abused? Where were you? And as you face those deep moments of pain and hurt, and you question God, and you start reflecting about your life, that begins a process of healing. That begins a process of healing because for so many of us, we just do life with those things without ever confronting them. We always carry them with us and they trigger us in every moment. And we rarely take a look and say, who are you? Why are you here? Why have you been here for years? I don't want you here anymore. At this stage in my life, I don't need you to continue with me. And God starts to heal. God starts to restore. And we start seeing God for that healing. John 10 uh, says, those who come in through me, Jesus speaking, saying they will be safe. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus saying, is to give them, to give you and I a rich and satisfying life. God's plan for you and for me is to prosper us, to give us a satisfying, rich life. It's to give us peace and joy and freedom. That is God's purpose. So we go to God to live that life that we know there's out there. And when we're experiencing the opposite, we say, God, you promised this. Where are you? Come into this situation, this pain, and give me that rich and satisfying life. Give me that healing. Give me that purpose. Give me that freedom. Give me that joy, that hope, that peace without needing anything to get those things. That's where we invite God. The interesting thing, though, for me, and I want to spend a couple of minutes in this, is that the Bible says that the, that's God's purpose, but the enemy's purpose, and it calls him the thief, is to steal, kill, and destroy. And, and I just think it's, there's no accident, there's no coincidence in why the fear of abandonment and rejection is one of the most common things that we all face fear and we struggle with? Because the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to snatch things, to twist the truth, to distort the reality, to, to literally mess up with our perception of what is true and what is a lie. Have you ever met a compulsive liar? Don't raise your hand because if they're sitting next to you, I don't want to cause any problems here. <laughs> Have you ever met a compulsive liar? You know, one time when, when, when a 
12, 11 years ago, uh, I was in some uh, mission stuff and we we're doing some work and, and they put me, yes, me as an assistant of a carpenter, okay? I am not a handy person at all, okay? I have soft hands and I am proud about it, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's what got me my wife. Oh, you have really soft hands? Yes, you know? <laughs> That was my bragging rights. No, just kidding. Uh, but, but they put me in this, and I've never worked with wood before, right? So I'm there. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to be like Jesus. You know, he was a carpenter. Uh, and this guy, you know, he, he was like just, if you're watching online, I love you, man, okay? Uh, but, but this guy, like for real, he was a compulsive liar. Like straight up, like got there, like, hey, I'm going to be helping you out and, and stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, man. He started bragging. You know, I'm a master of carpentry. I do sculptures. Like, if I had the right tools right now, um, I can literally make you from a piece of, piece of wood, like, identical. And I was like, okay, man, how do I grab a hammer? You know, like, <laughs> good job, you know? Um, and he was just going off and off and, and just in how, like, great and awesome of a carpenter he he, he is, and he, from an artistic standpoint, not only doing stuff, and he was, he was even saying that he had tools where, uh, and this was in Mexico, and like, I mean, this guy had no money, you know? I have some tools that uh, there were used on the Titanic to build the Titanic. Like, just, I mean, <laughs> and I was like, okay, man, and I was like, can we get to work, you know? <laughs> like, and we started working, and I'm telling you, I don't know anything about car carpentry, but I know that sucked. Like, the work he was doing, it was horrible. I'm like, dude, like, you're not a master of nothing, you know? You're a master liar. That's what you are. Like, tools from the Titanic and, like, look, like, for real, it was horrible. I was looking for pictures to show you of those projects, and they're, like, bad, man. It's a, it's a liar, right? And the thing about the enemy, the thing about the devil in our lives, is he's such a liar. And the lies that he targets to give you and I are the lies that go against the truth of who God is. So again, it's no accident that some of the biggest things that we fear is abandonment and rejection. The enemy comes and he targets the most evident and obvious things about God. He says you're abandoned. He says you are rejected. He says you are alone. The enemy tries constantly to make you think that no one cares for you, that you are unloved, and that you are unlovable. The experiences that you have been through have scarred you so much. And the enemy knows those things that you have faced. He knows the betrayals. He knows the hardships. He knows what you went through as a child. He knows everything that you have been through. So the enemy comes and he says, let me make you believe that all of these lies are in fact true. 
that no one cares, that you're abandoned, that you're rejected, that you have been put to the side, that no one cares anything about you and never will, that you are single and you're going to be single for the rest of your life, that you're going to fail as a parent, that you're going to fail in your marriage, that you're going to turn out the same way your parents did. The enemy goes so deep into these lies. And let me give you some good news that the truth that God says about every single lie is the complete opposite. You are not abandoned. You are not rejected. That's what the enemy wants for you to believe. And it's and it's quite the, the opposite. You're so embraced. You are so loved. You are not alone. You have never been. You will never be. You are accepted. You belong. You belong to Christ and to God. It's no accident that those things that you struggle with are there because the enemy wants to come and twist every single little thing. God's love for you and God's grace for you, they're way too big. Whenever you're feeling rejected, abandoned, alone, go into them, experience them, go to the root. But then at a certain point, you need to say, man, what lies have I believed here? Because you're not alone. God is with you. His love is way too big for you. God's love has been in your life and has protected you time after time after time. God's love has been there in you even in the most horrible situations that you have experienced. God is there with you in the good and the bad. God is with you all the time. God's love is way too big that he literally sent his son to die for you, to give his life as a sacrifice so that you can have access to God, a relationship with him, so that you could have right standing with God. He sent Jesus for you. And he loves you way too much, not only to give you a savior or salvation, but he loves you way too much that God said, I'm going to give you my spirit so that my spirit lives in you so that you don't ever have to feel alone again. I love you way too much for you to be alone. Let me give you my spirit. Let me, let me give you my spirit to heal you, comfort you, to, for, for the, your, the Holy Spirit to be your companion. God, God's love is so passionate and so radical towards you that the moment that we start seeing God's truth about his love towards you, all of those lies, they fade away. And they will fade away in Jesus' name. And not only for a season or a time, but God will literally heal them and expel them from you. 1 John 4, 18 says, Such love, God's love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. The enemy wants to go after the most evident thing and that's your feeling of being alone, abandoned or rejected. Can I encourage you today for you to encourage yourself and say, hey, I'm not abandoned. I'm accepted. 
I might not be where I want to be, and I might be a complete mess like we all are in different areas of our lives, but God accepts you and loves you, and his grace is all sufficient for you. Isaiah 41.8 says, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant, for I have chosen you, and I will not throw you away. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Come on, don't fear. God is with you. God is with you not only to do life with you, but he wants better for you. Psalms 23, famous verse, I want to read the verse, that even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You are close beside me. God is with you. He is with you. He's always been, even when you walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Even when I face abandonment and rejection, I will not be afraid because you are with me. He is with you. As we close today, I just want to give you three, three points, three practical points. And how do we deal? How do we heal? Points that are practical, that I believe are going to help you. Don't be scared. I'm going to run through them. Uh, but number one, stand firm. Can you tell your neighbor, stand firm? Stand firm. When you're feeling rejected or abandoned, stand firm. Stand firm in what? Stand firm in the truth. Stand firm in the truth. Stand firm in what you believe. To know the truth, to know what you believe, you have to die deep. And I tell you every single week, you need to dive deep into what you believe because you need to stand truth because the liar, the enemy, the thief is always want to come and try to snatch and steal and, and, and twist all the things that God says he is. And we're constantly worked up, anxious, worried because of so many lies. Because if we focus and we stand firm in what we believe, what we believe is that we have a God that is a savior. We have a God that is faithful. We have a God that's a provider. We have a God that is way too good to let us fail, crash, and burn and just stay there. Galatians 5 says that so Christ has truly set us free. So make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again. Come on, stand firm. God has set you free. Stay free. Don't believe lies. 1 Corinthians 16 says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Come on, stand firm. Be on guard because there is life and circumstances that are going to try to snatch the joy out of your life. Psalms 94, 14 says, The Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. Come on, you're special to God. What do you believe that you need to stand firm in? Psalms 27, 10. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Come on, dive into some truths that God says about you and stand firm in those and don't allow the enemy to come and snatch those things out of your life. Number two, own the fear. Tell your neighbor, own the fear. Own the fear. 
What do you mean, man? I think I should get rid of that fear. No, own it. Why, what do I mean by own the fear? Own the fear, don't let the fear own you. Don't let the fear own you. You need to own that fear. Stop wasting so much emotional energy trying to be okay. How are you doing? Good. I'm not. I'm dying. Next person, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Good. Spouse, good. Boss, good. And you spend so much emotional energy trying to be okay. That energy is better used to reach out for help. Own your fear. Own what you're going through and reach out for help. Make it a cue. When you try to ignore your fear, it's only going to grow. It's only going to grow. It's like having a little rock, like when you were a kid, in the bottom of your shoe. And if you have that rock at age 30, 40, 50, it's going to mess you up big time. Don't ignore the fear. Own it. Reach for help. Reach for help. When you face your fear, it literally shrinks. Sit with your fear. Stare at your fear. When those things arise, go added. Those are your cues to face your fears in the face and seek for your healing and create goals out of those fears. Can I just encourage you? Own that you need help. We all do. No one's going to judge you for seeking help. We all need help. We all need help. Church, awesome, you're here. Connect groups, awesome. But can I encourage you? Read some books. Yeah. Read some books to heal. Read the Bible first, yeah. Sorry, your truths. But then read some stuff that's going to help you. Can I give you the biggest thing that's going to help you? It has helped me. Counseling. If you are sick, you go to the doctor. You don't have a broken knee for years and like, hey. Hey, I'm just here. How are you? Good, you know? <laughs> like, if you have a broken knee, like, you go and you get that fixed, you know, and you don't use just tape. You know, you just, you go to a professional. Oh, well, that counselor was too intense. I didn't like him. Well, look for another one. <laughs> look for another one. And that one was horrible, man. Oh, you don't know. Like, that guy, was, well, then go for another one. And after you go through 10, you'll realize maybe it's not them. <laughs> maybe it's me. But just reach for help. There's nothing wrong in owning your fears, owning your pain, facing them, and reaching out for help. Quick plug, betterhelp.com. Online counseling, video, great, do it. Like, for real, it's a blessing. Get tools that you need to heal some of those things that no one around you knows how to heal. Let's reach out and own that fear. Gabe, I'm gonna ask you to come and to play as we close um, and pray. Number three and last one, stand in love. Stand in love. Abandonment and rejection, they, they make you limit your love. They, they put a cap on your love. 
You want people in your life. I know you do. You want relationships, close friendships. You want literally best friends all around you. You have a vision. You have a glimpse of, I want people around me that call me, that support me, that pray for me. I want that. But because you have so much fear of abandonment and rejection, you have some walls that limit your love. You need to reframe that in your love, in your mind, and stand in love. I don't know if you've ever heard this cheesy phrase, hurt people, hurt people. It's true, hurt people, they hurt people. Rejected people, we reject people. Abandoned people, we abandon people. But love people, we love people. Accepted people, we accept people. Embrace people, just embrace people. Can you see the limit and the cap that you have put on so many relationships? And I'm not saying you're all alone because you have people around you. But there's something stopping you to take it a step further, to really open up and say, this is who I am because it's scary to be abandoned again. It's scary to be betrayed again. It's scary to put ourselves out there and being betrayed and hurt again. The beauty about God is that He teaches the complete opposite. He in fact says, you are gonna be rejected when it comes to people. Jesus says, if I was rejected, you're gonna be too. So what happens when you stare to these fears right in the face? They no longer have a power for you. People are going to abandon me, reject me. I love them anyways. People have betrayed me and hurt me. Love them anyways. My heart is way too valuable to keep resentments and hurts and walls that are going to keep me from connecting with all of you beautiful people. Come on, can I encourage you to love and stand in love no matter what. Stand in love when people seem not to love you back. Stand in love when you feel hurt after hurt after hurt. Stand in love when your spouse just, he or she is the way she is or he is. Stand in love when your kids are Stand in love when family and loved ones and friendships. Stand in love. Romans 15, 7, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. 1 Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sin. John 15, 12. And I close with this. Can I ask you to stand as we close? John 15 says, This is my commandment, that you will love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that, that someone laid his down, down, his, laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends, Jesus saying. Do what I command you. Do what I command you. Love one another. Love one another. When rejection cripples up, when betrayal, abandonment cripples up, love one another. This is God's commandment. 
And I love that he says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me so that we can live accepted and loved so that we can go and love on everyone. Can we close our eyes as we close in prayer this morning? God, we thank you so much for the beautiful God that you are. Thank you that you're a God that accepts us and that loves us, God. I pray today, God, if there's anyone here in this room that they have never said yes to you, they don't have a relationship with you, that today's that turning point of saying, I need that God that accepts, accepts me, that saves me. And if that's you, no one has their eyes open, no one's looking just for the respect of people around you. But if, that, if that's you, you say, man, I, I need that Jesus today. I need a friend I, that, that, that sticks closer than a brother. I need that friend that saves me, restores me, heals me, that comforts. And his name's Jesus. If today, you just want to say yes to Jesus. You've never done that before. You've done at some point, but you've backed away, got distracted in life. Again, no one's looking just for respect to people around you, but that's you. Just a moment between you and God. Can you just say yes, God? Raise your hand to say yes, God. No one's looking. It's you and God. Yes, God. I need you. I need you in my life. Come on, can we all say this prayer together? Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Save me for myself. Save me from the lies that I have believed. Today, I want your truth. Your truth says that you are a savior. Your truth says that you love me. Your truth says that I am accepted. Today, I make a decision to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everyone's hands lifted. God, we thank you today for who you are. I pray that if there's anyone today that has some deep hurts of abandonment and rejection, that your Holy Spirit would come in their lives and heal every single area, God. I pray that as they leave here today, that they will feel your presence in a brand new way. I pray, God, that you will comfort, heal, and restore every single broken heart. And I just pray for your peace that surpasses all understanding and your truth to be alive in us, God. And we thank you today for that. In Jesus' name, come on, can we all say amen and amen. Amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Connect with someone before you leave. Love on one another. Uh, next week, we're continuing with the same topic in a different way. I love you all. Have an awesome week. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.